here with Eli. Eli. Good morning. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> I was going to sing this to you. I really was, but I thought we were going to wait till we got to, be, to the actual movie. Uh, it's not like a spoiler. We're talking about peaches. <laughs> it's in the podcast title. But first, tell me what you've been watching. Oh, my goodness. Okay, a couple of things to go over today. One is we have some Survivor news. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've seen some chatter. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Okay, so Survivor has had kind of an interesting year. So during COVID, they were not able to film it. And so for the first time in 20 years, there was no new season of Survivor. Um, and so this COVID was both good and bad for Survivor, bad because they weren't able to film, but good because Survivor has had like this weird resurgence because for whatever reason binging seasons of survivor was like a thing people wanted to do during covid yeah like i think it was just like brightly colored tropical island there are a million seasons of it and so it just had this like weird all these like new viewers came in there was kind of a lot of excitement around it and so now there is like this whole new fan base that is very excited for survivor to start airing again which they announced they're going to do uh in september season 41 and Jeff Probst released this video where he said, uh, we've reinvented the show. It's going to be totally different now. It, like, as far as I'm concerned, this is like basically a new show. We did 40 seasons of Survivor, and now this is 2.0. It's like something new. How does that make you feel? Very nervous. Yeah. And for a couple of reasons, I've heard that they are shortening the time on the island from like, it's been 39 days. I heard that they're shortening it to like 26, which I don't like that. That's weird. Okay. Um, Jeff said in the video that this new iteration is a lot more dangerous. Ooh. And I feel like that's weird. Um, that feels like a tone shift for the producers who I feel like have tried to make the show challenging, but not dangerous because they actually do care about the people that are on it. And there have been some very scary moments on the show where people had to be life lighted out and... Jeff has talked about in interviews, like those experiences being like terrifying. Yeah. And you can tell that he's terrified when it happens. And so it's weird to me that they're like leaning into this, whatever more dangerous version is going to be. That seems strange. I'll be very curious to see what he's talking about. But I, I don't think people tune into the show because it's dangerous. Like those episodes where like people are at physical danger or like you're worried that somebody's going to die. Those are not fun to watch. Uh, and I think like, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think fans generally don't like that. People tune in because they like a strategy game. Yeah. They think that's fun, the human dynamic and, and whatever else. Um, I don't need to see people like passing out because it's 110 degrees. Right. That's not fun to see. Right. And so I don't know. I'm I'm very, very nervous. Um, there are a lot of like loyal survivor people that like anytime they make even the tiniest change or like introduce a new rule, people freak out. I'm not one of those. But I also think that they don't need to reinvent a show that is like drawn in a lot of people and is doing really well. I mean, The Bachelor's also going through an existential crisis right now. What and, are they doing? Well, they lost Chris Harrison because he's a dumb dumb and he said some dumb things. And so the hosts are different now and the format's a little different with COVID. And it's been tough. Like Bachelor Nation has been shook. So I understand that reaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm only a passive survivor watcher, but I didn't I wouldn't even consider you. a. Passive. I watched a couple seasons, oh, mostly to talk with you about it. OK. 
And it wasn't necessarily my jam, but I did think the interesting parts were the game theory and who's manipulating who and how and why. I don't like the challenges to me were boring. Yeah, I don't. When I watch Survivor, I only start caring about the challenges about the back half of the season just because now I'm invested in the people and I understand how the challenge is going to affect what happens in their game. Right. But like the challenge itself boring like I, I also am not that interested in it I want to see them at camp I want to see yeah. them interacting I want to hear I want to see them at tribal council and so I don't know it, it's you don't want fear factor on an island no and and I feel like so in early seasons of survivor uh like the first couple of seasons people were tuning in because it was like so interesting to see all these people like starving and trying to figure out how to survive literally survive yeah and then I think people got bored with that and we're like okay we get it like they're hungry we want to see them play a game and that's why people continue to tune in. And so the producers like have over the seasons kind of started to give them more food because it's not that fun to watch a bunch of people like starving and lying around camp, unable to like do anything. Right. And so I don't know. We'll see what it is. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll be great, but okay. I am a bad gay and I had never watched milk Oh, it's good. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's I watched it this week and it's great. Yeah, it's a good movie. I loved it and it was it made me think about this and I don't know if you do this but like sometimes when there is media around something I care a lot about, it's harder for me to get myself to engage in it and I think it's just because I know it's going to be like it's going to take a lot of energy for yeah. me to to watch it. Okay. And I think that that's what happened with Milk is like for like 10 years, I'm like, I need to I need to watch that at some point because I do want the information. Like, I want to yeah. see the story. I'm curious about it. Um, and I know I've heard that it's a very good movie. It's an, you know, Academy Award winning film. And I think just year after year, I've just been like, oh, I'm not going to do that today. You know, and so sure. I finally watched it. It was great. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah. Sean Penn, right? Sean Penn. James Franco. And James Franco. And Emile Hirsch. Uh, who's that? He's the guy with the glasses who's like a young San Francisco oh, kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some good performances in that. Yeah. Sean, Sean Penn's, he's great in I it. Know. I don't know what I think about Sean Penn, but I think that he's really good on a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. He's a great actor. A little bit of a mess. Is he a mess? Yeah. He's a mess. Remember when he, uh, he met with the Mexican drug Lord instead of like turning him over to the authorities. He like did an interview with him. I have no knowledge. of What this. was his name? <laughs> It was like a hilariously cartoony Mexican drug lord name, like El Guapo or something. Anyway, look it up. I think it was in Vice and everyone's like, okay, Sean Penn, but maybe you should like call the police here. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really weird. And like Robin Wright Penn talking about being married to Sean Penn. She was like, wasn't great. (laughs) You know, Princess Buttercup, you deserve the world, not (laughs) Sean Penn. Princess Buttercup. I I don't think of her as Princess Buttercup anymore because of House Forest of Cards. Gump. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess then she became the Forrest Gump character. But to me, she is just the woman in House of Cards and Wonder Woman. We just showed Ivy uh, Princess Bride for the first time, so Princess Buttercup is fresh on my mind. Did she like it? Yeah. So kids today can still watch. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It stands the test of time. Totally great film. Um, I think that's it for me. What have you been watching? Uh, we started Starstruck on HBO Max, and it is phenomenal. What is it? It is the story of a woman who meets a man at a bar and goes home with him and then wakes up the next morning realizing that he's a famous actor. Mm. And it's about them 
navigating a relationship kind of they're not even in a relationship but they keep crossing paths and they're attracted to each other which is like okay fine premise but she is so funny and refreshing her name is rose matafeo okay and she is a stand-up and i heard just a clip of her stand-up and it was one of the funniest things i've ever heard she talked about those characters in movies who you see just once and they offer a little bit of exposition and you never see him again. Uh-huh. You know, like Jeff at the office who's like, the train's coming at two. Okay, bye, you'll never see me again. <laughs> like the way she phrased it was so funny. And so that convinced me to watch Starstruck and she is so great in it. Huh. There are so many great characters in it. It's only six episodes. Okay, We're like four in, really enjoying it. And then as a family, we've been watching Monsters at Work on Disney Plus, which is the Monsters, Inc., monsters trying to transition into capturing laughs instead of screams i don't know if you've seen monsters inc i'm familiar with it's like premise, one of my yeah. favorite pixars it's just like a very fun universe they've created and it's really funny mm. and this is just exploring more of that and i was kind of like i think i'm traumatized by like return of jafar and all the crappy disney yeah. sequels and that's not their model anymore Okay. Like Billy Crystal's actually doing the voice in this. Okay. And they have Mindy Kaling and, you know, um, Sully, the guy from Roseanne. Yeah. Um, and so it's fun. It's really fun and it's funny. There's like jokes for adults and jokes for kids. So we're enjoying that as a family. That is interesting because when we were kids, uh, Disney sequels were always like straight to VHS, like really low budget, not right. didn't have the same people voicing the characters. I mean, I think that Pixar refuses to do that. Okay. And I think that Disney Plus is a behemoth and it's their big money maker right now. And so they're really pouring money into quality production. Got it. Um, also, we finished Frasier and sobbed. <gasps> and so we're watching. Is it, a, is it a heartfelt conclusion? Yeah. Really? And like all the characters are crying because it's like the end oh, of the yeah. series, you know? And so now we're watching season one because we skipped season one. Okay. So now we're going back and watching it. So we're just not willing to let go of Frasier yet. Interesting. You know, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Frasier. I think you would like Frasier. I think I would too, but just based on what I know about it. Yeah. It's, give it a try. Um, It's very self-aware. Mm-hmm. It knows its characters are obnoxious and it like a lot of the jokes are based on how obnoxious the characters are, but you still love them. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we've got like a few episodes left and then we're going to fall into complete despair. Um, and then, you know, Bachelor, Cruel Summer, Casablanca, which we're going to record after this. Yep. Really excited to talk about that for mm-hmm. the Patreon. But... Let's talk about <laughs> beaches, which is what we watched this week. I've for been trying to get us to do, podcast. to do beaches for like two years. Yeah, and I kept saying no because in my memory, beaches was just kind of a boring, sad slog. This movie's great. It's great. It's great. It's so good. It is so digestible. Yeah. Like all of Gary Marshall's films, you know, are just like, they go down so easy. What else? Like The Princess Diaries. And then like all the New Year's Day and Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Like he kind of gave up at the end of his career. Yeah. He still made a ton of money. But like this is an actual. It's fun. Film. (laughs) Yeah. And it's sad, but it's like, it's lovely. I would pay hundreds of dollars to go to either of those plays that Bette Midler was in. Oh my gosh. The weird like Metropolis <laughs> Industrial Revolution play looks Amazing. like a banger. I would pay money for that. And then the, the invention of the bra play. Okay. I By the way, this is so funny. This film I have seen 300,000 times. I have not seen it in two decades. 
But it was so funny. Like the moment it started, I was like, I could recite this film from beginning to end. Really? Like, it was just like hitting me. And I was just like, I, because I saw it so many times as a kid, but my mother would not let us watch the bra uh, really? invention of the bra <laughs> scene. And so in my mind, because she was just like inappropriate. This yeah. is, I can't believe they put this in here. And so I had never seen it. And I knew it had something to do with boobs. Yeah. And in my mind, this was like an X-rated yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like just because as a child, I was just like, and we cannot watch that scene. And we recorded it off off of TV. And like, you know how you used to be able to pause the recording so that yeah. it would like miss a part? When my, my parents recorded it, they paused it. So we didn't have. So it would lead into that scene and we get like two seconds of it and then all of a sudden it would just skip to the next scene sure, and that sure, was sure. the copy we had of this film well so last night when that scene started my heart started racing Did because it? i was just like oh, i'm gonna finally see the x-rated scene it's fine it's totally fine like come on kathy like <laughs> my parents made us close our eyes for indiana jones when they all melt you know and oh, so yeah. a same thing in my mind i was like this is the most gory violent and then i recently watched it and they're like claymation skeletons like <laughs> kind of crumbling to the ground i'm like uh that, would, that probably would have been okay it's amazing bet midler is wild okay i so i was watching this and I adore Bette Midler. Uh-huh. She has an interesting face. And I was like, "What? how did this woman become the star that she is? And I started reading about it. And of course, she started performing in gay clubs. And like, yeah. that's where she took off. And kind that's of what led. Vibe. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that, that totally tracks. And I feel like totally. the movie kind of makes reference to like, she kind of looks weird, you know? Yeah. Can she have a career? Yeah. She's always being compared to these other more beautiful women. And I thought it was interesting that Bette Midler was willing to take that role for yeah. that reason. Yeah, and she's she's this very big personality. Mm-hmm. And her actions and her emotions, she's very emotive. She's there, Everything is big. And she is an extreme overactor. I mean, it's just like to a point that it's like hilarious. Yeah. But it works for me. Everything she's in, I'm just like, yeah, give me more Bette Midler. Like, I, and maybe I Bette I'm Midler the, and Hocus Pocus, Academy amazing. Award worthy, amazing. Um, big business, which I don't think you've ever seen. I watched the first half, and I was yeah, watching were, with Stephen, and he was like, I cannot <laughs> do this anymore. That film I made Skylar watch a couple of years ago, and maybe it's because we're gay men, but about halfway through, he he suddenly screamed impromptu, "This is the best movie I've ever seen." <laughs> Yeah, I think that's where the gay man and the straight man might diverge (laughs) their reaction to big business. She is so over the top in that film. Yeah. Just like the the Bette Midler like energy and vibe is just very like da 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 da. She's just like constantly. It's like Barbara Strazond on cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Which and like there's roles for that. You just have to know that that's what you're getting. Oh, Meg's clothes are falling off. My overall strap just came in. Wow, it's getting recent. Speaking of scenes you should skip in movies, um, I thought it was really funny that they tried to cast these 45-year-old women as like 20-year-olds. 20-year-olds. And it was like, there's a scene where they're like at this gallery and they're supposed to be young. And I'm like, you guys, like yeah. this is, this isn't working. These women are almost 50. This is- <laughs> it's fu- it's funny because, so the, the film, you know, starts with them as 12 or I don't know ages of children. Yeah, like, like 12, 10 to 12 10 to maybe. 12. These girls meeting on the beach, you know, opposites attract, very different from one another. And you get like this montage of them writing letters from opposite sides of the country. 
and they're, you know, 12. And then all of a sudden they're 45 year old women playing 25 year olds. Like they didn't do like any kind of in between, probably because they were just like, eh, whatever, people look at it. Gary Marshall's like, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) We'll make money. It doesn't matter. And he was right. He was right. Um, You sent me a text. And I'm sorry, I was watching Casablanca, so I wasn't being responsive because Casablanca mm. requires like attention. you to pay attention. Yeah, John Hurd was cute. Mm. He was. John Hurd was cute. I did not remember that he was in this. And it was, he, I mean, it's obviously John Hurd, but he was cute and that surprised me. And when he came out, I was like, how do I know this actor? Like, I feel like I know him really well, but I don't know who it is. Yeah. And so I looked him up and I was like, oh my gosh, Home Alone Dad, John Hurd. Sharknado fame. Sharknado. <laughs> more, more recently, yes. we saw him in Sharknado. Um, di- died a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, I know. Right? It's sad. Sad, but he's cute in this. He is cute in and it. And he's great in it. And it was weird to see him as not a dad. Yeah. And I thought, I thought the moment where he, you know, wants her to be the lead in his play even after the divorce, I was like, oh, this is like... This is an interesting thing you don't often see yeah. in movies, like a healthy divorce relationship. They, they did a really good job diffusing conflict yeah. in this film. So there are like a couple of instances where the the two women uh, have a fight, but the fight doesn't, the fights don't last all that long. They have one where they kind of like split up and go to opposite sides of the country and Bette Midler keeps writing her yeah, and she's ignoring the letters or returning the letters, but then they make up and... It's not like long screamy scenes, which yeah. I appreciated. Yeah, like most most of the movie is about and depicting these two women getting along really well and like enjoying enjoying their differences. I mean, this movie moves like this yeah. is this movie hauls like there's no lingering on it, which I think is why I like it because the pacing is like yeah perfect. If you're gonna tell a story about a friendship over a number of years, keep it concise, yeah. and it did it really well and yeah conflict was there was enough time spent on it but then it was resolved appropriately and you weren't like okay let's move on yeah do you think this movie walked so fried green tomatoes could run well they they have a very similar vibe yeah i feel like fried green tomatoes goes a little more lesbian with it yeah but this was kind of like the precursor to it should we watch that next I would love to watch fried green tomatoes love to okay um this film had all of the tertiary characters were fantastic. Cece's mother, fantastic. Like on the beach helping her. Oh, from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. From my big fat, yeah. The mom from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I mean, that character is, I love that actress. And I, I, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything other than Beaches and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And the sequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Did you see that? I did not see it. Was it good? I thought it, I went in thinking it was going to be terrible. And I actually kind of liked it. Lainey Kazan. Lainey Kazan. Who she's, plays Leona in this. She, she <laughs> Who is, Bette Midler only ever calls Leona. She is so... <laughs> Leona! <laughs> she is so funny in this. And just like that kind of over-involved mother trying but to help like her kid's career. But not like crazy stage mom. More like, my kid's got this talent that I don't know what to do with. Yeah. And then as soon as as soon as soon Cece, the kid, is like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mom's like, let's go back to the Bronx. <laughs> like the, mo- the mom is just like there to do whatever this child yeah. wants. And it's I love that energy for this. I think it's so fun. The, the kid, I hate child actors, but the kid who plays the child at yeah. the end that, that Cece ends up taking... Um, their dynamic is so funny to me, like how they're just kind of like they catty. hate each other, they yeah. hate each other. Like Bette Midler and this child fighting with one another is really funny to watch. I also thought that the kid who plays Bette Midler as a child was 
pretty good. Amazing. That kid is amazing. Yeah, they had someone else sing uh, because they wanted like a really strong singer. So that's not her singing voice. Okay. But she does look just like Bette Midler. And she's a pretty good. I mean, she was probably like 15, you know, when yeah. they dressed her down. But like pretty impressive. The, the moment she shows up on screen, you're like all in on that character. Like she's just yeah. so fun. She's she's so engaging to watch. And call you know yelling and calling her mother Leona and just like that like bombastic energy that she brings is pitch perfect and yes she looks exactly like Bette Midler I know it's and wild and I wonder energy. if it's like maybe some nose makeup maybe um, or if they just got really lucky and found a kid that looks just like Bette Midler because again Bette Midler has a very distinctive face that is not like yeah oh any kid on the street you can pass as Bette Midler as a kid right. This, okay, this blew my mind. Do you know? Do you know the actress who played the fr- the Hillary? Hillary. No. This I looked it up. She is the mother in Black Swan. Oh, okay. And once I once yeah. I read that, I was like, oh, that is her. I think in my mind she died because she dies in Beaches. I'm like, well, yeah. that, that person's dead now. <laughs> she was so convincing. In She's her so. Time. Convincing as having a heart virus and dying. Yeah, I had remembered that it was cancer. Like Me too. I think I've always pitched this movie to other people like, oh, this woman dies of cancer. But it's like a weird heart virus. Yeah, which is like a thing that happens. Yeah. Scary. It's very tragic. Not good for my hypochondriac yeah. sensibilities. Did you cry at the end of this movie? I didn't. I got a little misty during Did You Ever Know You Were My Hero? Yeah. And then the end has some really cheesy campy music and I was like nah I'm okay (laughs) this is okay this I actually really all in all loved the use of music in the film like I like that every once in a while suddenly Bette Midler performs a song I'm just like if you're gonna put Bette Midler in your movie you have to have her perform a song like the when she does um I put a spell on you in Hocus Pocus the only part of Hocus Pocus worth watching I love that movie okay have you watched it recently No, is it terrible? It has aged like a banana in your fridge. (laughs) Really? It's not good. (laughs) But her doing I Put a Spell on You Uh is fantastic. I I haven't seen it in years. Uh, Skyler hates that film for some reason. He just like hates it. So every fall I'm like, let's watch Hocus Pocus. He's like, I absolutely, that will not be on in our house. I don't is know. it too scary? It's probably a little too scary for him. Yeah, I showed it to my kids when they were maybe a touch too young and now it's like a sc- like it's their E.T. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which I guess you have to have one, you know? But they will not watch Hocus Pocus. E.T. was my E.T. as yeah, well. I know yeah. it was yours. Yeah. So do you think of Bette Midler as a singer who is also an actress or an actress who can sing? A singer who's also an actress. That's what I think, too. And Skyler is the other way around. And I wonder if it's I, I think that it's an age difference because he's five years younger than us. Yeah. And um, and I think his first exposure to Bette Midler was like Hocus Pocus. Well, I, th- I assume most of her career has been on stage. Yeah. Because she has big stage energy. But my first exposure to Bette Midler, you know, was was Beaches, but it was also my mother like playing her albums. Oh, OK. And so like in my mind, it's always been like, oh, Bette Midler is a singer who sometimes is in movies. Yeah, I would still think that. I mean, First Wives Club, too, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah, but yeah, still a singer. She's done a lot of films. I mean, she's definitely done a lot, but that that was my introduction to her was as a singer. And then a be- comedian too. She's also a comedian. And a comedian. And Beaches is 
a film where she is a singer. Yeah. You know, and so like just as a very young child, that that was just always like Bette Midler is a singer and she's in that movie. You know, it's interesting. She uh, in the film, she's telling Hillary about after she divorces John and she gets her first role in a movie, she said, I just wasn't comfortable with the medium. And I wonder if a little bit of that was winky, you know, like mm. transitioning into film has been a little hard. Mm. Maybe I'm reading too much into this Gary Marshall film. That's very possible. But um, yeah, I do think she's a singer first. Yeah. Well, Fried Green Tomatoes next. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter, hivemind.substack.com. We are now going to record our Patreon episode on Casablanca. If you want to access that, become a member of our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash HiveMindHQ. It's the $8 tier. If you just want to do the $3 tier, you can hear all of our cruel summer episodes that I'm doing with Emily. Please leave us a good rating and review. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. 